Hey there, this is a Wild Femme episode, and if you're new around here, Wild is about our connection to nature, and it's also an acronym for women into living their dreams, because I believe that we have to take care of our bodies if we want to really live our one wild life. And with me right now is Christine Garvin, and she is a functional health coach. She's based in Asheville, North Carolina, and she really weaves together her personal health journey, including a fibroid surgery that almost killed her, with her training in functional health and nutrition and hormones. She helps women heal their gut, achieve hormone balance, and she is the host of the podcast, Hormonally Speaking, works with clients all over the world via Zoom, and offers group programs for gut healing and hormone health. So welcome, Christine. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Now, for those for those who don't know you, and besides being a functional health coach, mm -hmm. I'm curious, what do you want to most be known for? I think at this point, um, you know, my main focus is mentioned in my bio is, you know, gut health and women's hormones. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that those are so intricately connected, you know? And so really a lot of times when it comes to hormone health, we actually need to start with the gut. So in so many ways, you know, I think that the experience that I went through and then just in working with people over time and recognizing the importance of gut health, that's kind of what I've been starting to be known as, I think like the, the gut health girl to go to, you know? So, yeah. um, but, but then the hormones come along with that too. It's super important for, you know, all women of all ages. And if there was one thing that you were going to let someone know that they needed to maybe focus on first with gut health, what do you think that would be? So there's definitely some foundationals that I start off with for everyone. Um, majority of people, I always love asking, you know, how's your digestion? And people say, oh, it's fine. And then I say, well, how much gas and bloating do you have? And they're like, well, I mean, the normal amount, you know, and I'm like, okay, so let's see what's normal to you. you know? <laughs> I mean, what's common, you know, doesn't necessarily make it normal. And really, mm -hmm you know, yes, you're going to have gas sometimes, but like having consistent gas throughout the day is not necessary. And it shows us that you're not breaking down your foods properly. And so you're not absorbing and getting all the nutrients from those foods that you can. And it's also an indication that there's usually some bacterial component or pathogenic component that are feeding off of that not broken down food. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always start off with foundations of how is your hydrochloric acid? It, you know, it's the first thing in your stomach that's going to break down the food. If you have acid reflux, if you have GERD, if you have um, heartburn, we have to start with healing some of that mucosal lining in your esophagus and in your stomach first. But then we eventually want to introduce hydrochloric acid, because those are actually all indications that your hydrochloric acid is low instead of high. I won't go into the whole explanation about that right now, because it's kind of long and involved, but just, you know, it, it's, it's a well-known thing in functional medicine that's not always necessarily the way that, you know, allopathic medicine would approach it. Um, so doing the hydrochloric acid, getting that up, so we're breaking down that food properly, so that we are killing off pathogens that come in, because no matter how well you you wash your food and everything like bacteria is going to come in to our bodies, right? It's going to come in via eating, drinking, having our hands near our mouth. It's just the nature of being human. And that hydrochloric acid is the first line of 
excuse me, of defense to killing mm-hmm. off those things. So it doesn't have a chance to make it into your small intestine and set up shop and wreck habit. Um, I also almost always bring in some digestive enzymes because if your HCL is low, then your pancreatic enzyme or AKA digestive enzyme output is probably going to be lower too, because they're intimately connected. Um, I, you know, check in with people to see how they're digesting fats. So if you have, for example, um, greasy stool, which is kind of like, you know, to be a little graphic here, but when it looks a little... (laughs) graphic. I, know, I was going to ask like, you uh, more about like, what is a normal, like, what does normal poop look like? What does oh, yeah. normal bowel movement look like? And uh, just, yeah, feel free to talk about that. Because as you said, <laughs> a lot of people think what's normal for them, but or what's common yeah. is normal for them. Normal. But yeah, right. it's not always the healthiest. So right. And, yeah. and poop can tell us a lot, you know, yeah. and this is why I'm always digging into this. No pun intended. <laughs> when my clients, not literally, but yeah. I know not literally. Well, some clients will, but that's a whole other story. Anyways. So with the greasy stool, if you can imagine kind of a film that sits on the top of the water, that's an indication that you're not absorbing your fats as well mm. as you could be. So, you know, in that case, there's usually something going on with your gallbladder or your liver or both really, you know, they're so intimately connected and bile is produced in your liver, but stored in your gallbladder um, and then moves to your small intestine in order to break down and emulsify fats. So that's how we know that it's not, you know, doing so well. So there's supports for that, that I'll bring in for people. Um, And then, you know, your microbiome, I mean, how is your microbiome doing? Most of us have taken multiple rounds of antibiotics in our lifetime, birth control pills, you know, other medications that all basically impact um, our, our gut biome and, you know, diminish our beneficial bacteria and allow sort of for the proliferation of, um, are not so friendly bugs and other things. So we really, you know, there's, um, there's a particular probiotic that, that I like a lot um, that works really well for about 90% of my clients. So I bring that in usually too. So those are kind of the foundations. Mm-hmm. And I would say most people just doing those things are going to like shift things like 70 to 80% in terms of their digestion. And, you know, going into what, your stool should look like, um, there, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it right now. I can only think of Myers-Briggs, which is not, not the name. It's the, uh, Bristol stool test. Okay. I was like, not Myers-Briggs. That's a personality thing. It is, yes. <laughs> yeah. The Bristol stool test. You can look that up. You can Google mm-hmm. that. And that's going to show you different types of, um, of, bowel movements of, of stool. And, you know, what we're shooting for is, uh, I think it's level four and basically, you know, a nice formed, like as much all in one piece as possible. Um, kind of like a sausage that's kind of our like goal, right? If you have more, um, like little, like pellets or, you know, droppings sort of, then that, it, you know, indicates that there's more constipation going on. And then obviously on the other side of the spectrum with loose stools, you know, we, ha- you know, the anywhere from loose to diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, everything is moving too quickly through your system. So you're not absorbing the nutrients from your food as well when that's mm-hmm. happening consistently. Yeah, that's good insights. Yeah. And when you talked earlier about the liver and mm-hmm. the connection with like, more greasy and fatty film that you might see, or that kind of texture in the stool. Like, 
that's probably one connection to the liver, mm -hmm. obviously, mm -hmm. with maybe seeing some issues there. But are there some other ways that we might be able to connect? Well, I see what's going on in the toilet. And how is mm -hmm. that like giving the information about the liver? Of course, there's testing. And I know you can go into a lot of other things. But is there any patterns that you see with like, if you see this, this is a connection with liver often, and then can you talk about liver health more and maybe the connection with hormones too? Absolutely. So there's not really another, you know, connection that I can think of in terms of stool, mm -hmm. you know, how your liver is doing other than, um, if you are going consistently, um, like in terms of loose stools and diarrhea, mm -hmm. that really, to me is an indication that there is something going on with your liver. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, but so the liver is, you know, I think, I mean, I don't want to say the most important organ, but definitely the workhorse of our body, right? Mm -hmm. And it has to detoxify every single thing that we eat, consume, that, you know, we put on our skin, that in the environment has going on in it. And so it is working, you know, nonstop pretty much. And um, it's estimated that it has 750 processes in the body, right? Wow. Yeah. And the thing is we, you know, live in a pretty toxic environment. Like I know that you teach. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, cause a lot of people were like, well, why doesn't the liver just like, isn't it its job and it just does its thing. And, you know, I always respond yes, but we also live in a time that we have so many more toxins that we're dealing with on a daily basis. You know, our food, even organic food now, unfortunately, isn't hundred percent organic. Right. And so you have to think about all those pesticides that are in foods, hormones that are in meats, things like that all has to be detoxified through our liver. And what a lot of people don't know is our hormones are also detoxified, um, through our liver because, you know, hormones will become toxic as we know, you know, in terms of like, if you think about breast cancer or any female cancers, they are almost always linked to high estrogen levels. So estrogen in particular becomes toxic in our body if we have too much of it going on, too much of it hanging out, right? But the thing is, you know, say you're drinking alcohol on a daily basis, your liver is going to have to deal with that alcohol first and foremost, because mm -hmm. you're literally going to die from that alcohol if it doesn't detoxify, right? So estrogen gets pushed to the back of the line, particularly mm -hmm. when you think alcohol, caffeine, medications, all those things that it has to deal with first, so for a lot of us, you know, we're having sort of this, um, not really detoxifying our estrogen kind of at the rate that we need to be detoxifying it. Um, and then it has this opportunity. So there's two phases of detox in your liver aptly named phase one and phase two liver detox. Right. And, um, say if you do hormone testing, like the Dutch, it's actually going to show you how your estrogen is metabolizing through phase one and phase two, which is really cool. Right. We can see how it's doing. Um, so it's not just about how high your estrogen is, but it's what pathway is it metabolizing down. So there's a more protective pathway that we want the majority of the estrogen going down. And then there's two other pathways that are more, uh, connected to, um, to cancer, and things like fibroids and ovarian cysts and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes the issue can be in phase one. Maybe you're not doing so well in phase one and you need to upregulate that. And there's certain, you know, um, things like people, a lot of people have heard of DIM is a good thing that can upregulate phase one. But you don't want to just upregulate phase one if your phase two is not doing well, because then mm -hmm. things can get stuck, right? And backed up and that can cause 
some pain and, and not feeling very well. So you want to make sure your phase two, which is the methylation phase is also doing really well. And this is where like B vitamins become very important. This is where glutathione, which is the master antioxidant is super important. Um, calcium deglucurate is also another thing that's helpful for phase two. So looking at really supporting your liver, like on a daily basis. So I tell all of my clients, like, I think it's actually maybe the most important thing for your hormone health. I mm -hmm. really do. Yeah. And so there's lots of good foods that you can eat. Beets are super, super good for both your liver and your gallbladder. Lemon in, you know, I do like lemon in warm water with a pinch of salt first thing in the morning. Um, cruciferous vegetables, which is where dim comes from. Mm -hmm. So things like broccoli sprouts, uh, broccoli and broccoli sprouts are actually very high in dim. Um, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, kale, all those kinds of vegetables are really good. But, you know, depending on what's going on with you, a lot of women will need some extra supplementation support. Um, and what happens is once you start processing that estrogen better and you're, you know, getting it through your liver, it's basically going through that bile that I talked about earlier. Bile's, you know, what's producing the liver and the gallbladder to help break down fats. It's also our like, engine or like the bus that takes the toxins out of the body via the colon. Right. And so this is another place that gut health becomes really important because if your microbiome is messed up in your colon, your, your liver's done all the hard work of detoxifying estrogen, but then it gets in the colon. If things are messed up, it can actually do what we call, um, is it's deconjugated. So basically like the estrogen has been made water soluble and really, um, you know, not harmful to you anymore, but then with this bacteria, you know, being off base in your, uh, intestines, it can break that back off estrogen recycles in your body goes back up to have to be detoxified by your liver again. Wow. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And actually there's a whole, um, subset of your microbiome called the estrobilome. And this mm -hmm. is specifically, you know, the, the part that works on that detoxifying of estrogen and moving it out of your body. So right. you can start to see how it's all interconnected. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And when you were talking earlier about the test, the Dutch test mm -hmm. you mentioned, what's mm -hmm. your perspective on taking a look at hormones? If someone is interested in getting testing done, uh, mm -hmm. is, is it the Dutch test? Is it a saliva based test? That Dutch test is dried urine for those mm -hmm. of you that aren't familiar and you don't have to go you know, too far into that, yeah. but any, I, I can hear listeners maybe wondering like, well, what kind of hormone test would I get if I want to pursue taking a look at what's going on with me? Yeah. So it depends, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, so I utilize the Dutch and then I utilize a saliva hormone panel called mm -hmm. the EFHP. Um, and it really kind of depends on what's going on with the person. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go some quick pros cons. So pros of the Dutch is that you're going to get all those metabolites of all of your hormones, which is super helpful information. So you'll see you're the gonna, process, right? Exactly. Especially yeah. with estrogen. Like mm -hmm. if I see somebody say, for example, with fibroids um, or, or ovarian cysts, you know, I want to see how their estrogen is metabolizing. Um, and then it also goes into four point cortisol tests. So you can really see how your cortisol is, you know, looking throughout the day, which is telling us how your adrenals are functioning. And that's an underlying thing to your sex hormones, right? We need to get those adrenals happy before your sex hormones are going to like work themselves out. Mm -hmm. um, and it also has 
uh, what's called a, a kind of a small oats test, which is an organic acid test. So it tells us how your B12 is doing your B6, um, dopamine, a few other things, melatonin, and that can be very helpful. And it's actually much more exact than a serum test would be particularly with B12. Like I don't even look at B12 serum tests. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are pros. Um, the, most typical one that people use is the Dutch complete, which is just a one day test, right? So basically you're getting a snapshot on day 20 or 21 of your period, or excuse me, of your cycle. Um, And that's very helpful, but there may be things going on, you know, in the earlier part of your cycle, or even after that, like I've seen, for example, you know, progesterone is supposed to um, peak, uh, it's supposed to get to its highest point around day 2021, but then kind of stay up there and then drop right before your you know, period starts about two days beforehand. For a lot of women, it'll look good on day 20 or 21, but then it drops mm-hmm. way too early, right? So you're mm-hmm. not going to see that with a one-day test. Mm-hmm. So in the cases where um, women are skipping their periods, um, you know, in perimenopause, that kind of thing, sometimes I prefer to do the saliva cycling test. And so that's a test that we, you know, is done over the month and you take Mm -hmm. 11 samples. And so we can really see how your estrogen is working in the first half, how your progesterone is working in the second half. And it also um, looks at FSH, which is important for, um, you know, stimulating your hormones too. So the follicle stimulating. So, you know, it really depends. Menopause, Dutch, hundred percent. Cause you know, your hormones stay the same kind of throughout the month. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot with that test. It sounds like with a Dutch yes. complete. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and Dutch does have a cycling panel, but it doesn't have all of the information that the saliva one does. Um, you know, and there are some, um, some issues possibly with the metabolites because Dutch uses the metabolites, um, to determine your progesterone levels. So some people say it's not as accurate as saliva. Mm. It's close enough you know? So honestly, either is going to give you a lot of good information. So, um, you know, I just kind of, it depends on what the client needs in terms of what I recommend for them to take. That's super helpful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. So, and you talked about the adrenals being like the, really the first kind of thing to look at with Mm -hmm. all of that. Would you say Mm -hmm. that that's true? Because if Mm -hmm. those aren't in good function, then you're going to really have a challenge with the hormones. So how the gut liver and adrenals impact the hormones. Is there anything else that you would add about the adrenals in that whole picture? I mean, so, you know, the biggest thing about adrenal function, you know, is I know a lot of people are like, okay, tell me what like supplement I need to take to help my adrenals or tell me what adaptogen if they, you know, know something about it. And I'm like, you know, they're great and they're super helpful and often people need them, but you have to change your lifestyle in Mm -hmm. order to support your adrenals. Right. And it is, it like, you can't supplement your way out of higher or low cortisol. Like it just isn't going to happen. And so this is always the, the kicker. I think that's hard for, you know, a lot of women because we're so busy and it's just like, well, just give me something I can take to make this better. And I'm like, you literally have to change your busy life. (laughs) You literally have to do something less instead of do something, add something to it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Of course I know this firsthand as listeners might know. And as we talked about on your podcast, some, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's very true. And it is challenging because, um, especially when you are a very driven person, you mm-hmm. have a lot of energy when you're at your best. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can definitely get caught in these cycles of, 
you know, that um, I see it all the time on the test, like high cortisol at certain times of the day and low cortisol mm-hmm. at other times of the day, but not the places that they're supposed not to be. It's like, to be. Yeah. it's the opposite of what it needs to be at that time of the day. And so, you know, until you get really, I mean, it's about your circadian rhythm, you know, that this cortisol follows. And once you get that, I mean, sometimes that in and of itself will take care of uh, sex hormone imbalances, you know, mm-hmm. but for sure you can't balance out the sex hormones without working on the adrenals. Like it's just, that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And it is like looking at that rhythm, like you Mm -hmm. said, of how you might feel at different times throughout the day, how the cortisol might be in connection. Mm -hmm. Cause we, we should feel awake and ready to rise and get out of bed in the morning and not dragging. And we should feel like we're ready to go to sleep and wind down at night. And I know that can feel flip-flopped when you're having adrenal issues. You can feel lethargic in the morning. Like I just want to sleep more you might need a nap in the afternoon. And then at nighttime, it's this tired, but wired feeling that I described it as. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that's 85 to 90% of what I see with women, like that exact cycle, you know? So it really is like flipping it on its head. Like, you know, we got to figure out how to get you into bed and, you know, asleep um, and sleeping through the night and then it's going to impact your mornings. You're going to feel better in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's definitely, you know, some things that you can do to support that, like wake up in the morning to get your body on that path. Right. Mm-hmm. So that it'll do it on its own. Um, but yeah, I mean, until that, until that switches, nothing else is going to work. Right. Have you found that you needed to change anything about your lifestyle and the way you do things personally to either avoid or get yourself um, and your adrenal health back. Oh yeah. I mean, what was one thing that you feel like was a big difference for you? So I'd say the biggest thing for me in dealing with adrenal stuff for years, like I had Mm -hmm. adrenal quote unquote fatigue, you know, diagnosed in my twenties. Um, but post all of my surgeries, um, the boundary setting is key. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, even I, I know people will talk a lot about boundaries these days, you know, and like saying no and those kinds of things, but I find it's almost harder to say no to yourself sometimes, you know, like you can get, you can kind of push yourself to say like, okay, I'm not going to do this for someone else. But then like you, whatever kind of drive you have, you know, you, you want to keep going. And I've really had to, like, if my body, I'm really tuned into how my body is feeling mm-hmm. now. And if I'm notice myself pushing through something, I'm like, stop. Mm-hmm. you know, go take a walk, go meditate, go do something else for, I don't care if it's like, sometimes it has to be for like three or four hours, you mm-hmm. know? And I know not everybody has that option, yeah. but you know, to really pay attention to those signals and keep those boundaries with yourself, because that's where I think the most stress actually comes from is that like internal thing that we have going on. Yeah. That's so important. And it, it kind of leads into my next question, which is one of the questions that I ask everyone in the wild femme episodes, mm-hmm. which is, do you have a cycle or a rhythm of sorts that you anchor to, whether that's inner or outer seasonal cyclical phases, lunar, any cycles or rhythms? Well, I definitely, you know, as a hormone lady, mm-hmm. um, I definitely, you know, pay very, very close attention to my own uh, menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of I, I take my temperature every morning um, and, you know, mark it all down in my app and really mm-hmm. pay attention to any um, shifts in that. Uh, Cause that, you know, um, some people call 
your, uh, your period, the fifth vital sign. Exactly. And so that tells you so much about your health, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's off, I'm, I wonder, okay, well, what did I do differently? What's mm-hmm. going on? Um, so that's really my anchor, I would say in such a big way. And, and, but just really following my body a lot more now too, you know, and respecting yeah. it, just respecting it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's one thing that you do at least most days for your health? Um, well, I definitely have my, you know, uh, particular supplements that I take on a daily basis. You know, post-surgeries, they definitely kind of blew out my thyroid and mm-hmm. I was on thyroid meds for a little while cause things got bad. And then I was able to get myself off of that. And so there's certain, you know, um, supplements that I absolutely have to take in order to, to make me function in my day, you know, um, and keep that thyroid, uh, working well. Um, I definitely try and, um, either walk or hike or I'm back into dancing again after I, you know, took a little break, uh, post all my surgeries, but I was a dancer before all this went down. And so, um, I've sort of refound my love for that and just, Mm -hmm. yeah, moving, you know, it, it makes such a huge difference in my day. I love it. Yeah. That was my next question. Are you moving your body today? And what does that look like? Cause I know it doesn't always look the same every day. Yes. That's what yes. I teach. And, but maybe yours does look more consistent or you have kind of your, you know, uh, one or two things that you like to do. It sounds like you definitely have a couple favorites, but yeah. Are you moving today? And what's that look like? Yeah. So I'd say that things do shift for me sort of depending on my energy levels. Um, yeah. I do love hiking. I live in, you know, Asheville surrounded by the Blue Ridge mountains, super lucky to have those. Um, you know, even in winter, I like getting out, um, and just hiking around. Um, I do like, you know, doing different things in terms of, I mean, dancing for sure, but also some days just doing, you know, some very minor strength training, um, doing Pilates, trying to get myself back into doing more yoga again, because it's amazing how you can feel when you stop stretching all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel that tightness, you know, and so oh, yeah. I know how important that is, but yeah, I really do like to kind of do different things because otherwise I get bored too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> variety is key. Yeah. That's yep. for sure. Yep. For sure. And last question, mm-hmm. what does wild mean to you? You know, I think as a woman, um, we ultimately all have this wild, aspect to us, you know, and that can mean different things for different people, but like having the freedom to live our lives in the way that feeds our soul, I think is such a huge goal for me. Um, and I kind of, you know, after going through a near death experience that became even more important to me, like living life on my terms, living life, um, where I feel the most freedom and Mm -hmm. openness, Um, so yeah, that's, that's what kind of keeps me going. I love how you put that into your words. Yeah. (laughs) The freedom to, to do what you love. Yeah. Yeah. What brings you joy. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would love for anyone listening, watching to know about their hormone health or gut health? Any last thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, I think so many people, have struggled with either gut stuff or hormone stuff for a long time and feel like they can't get better because they've, you know, been to multiple doctors and done all these things. And I just want to let people know that there's always the possibility of healing and healing Mm. looks different for everyone. So I'm not saying you're going to be like, 
you know, you're not going to be like this other person necessarily that is able to run a triathlon or do a triathlon or something like that, you know, but like there is so much that can be done. Um, you know, if you sort of are able to work with the right people, Mm -hmm. that's why I love, you know, utilizing testing so we can really see what's going on with you individually. And, you know, I lost half my colon and eight inches of small intestine. And I always tell people if I can heal my gut, you can heal your gut. (laughs) It is possible, you know? So yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Such empowering words. I love what you're sharing. I love that you're so much of a teacher and educator as well, just wanting people to understand their bodies better. Absolutely. Cause then you're empowered, right? You're empowered in that way. Yeah. You're not just taking what someone else is saying, you're applying it. Cause we, you know, we have that inner guidance, that intuition that also gives us information about what's going on. So when we take things that might be more like test-based or objective-based or practitioner Mm -hmm. and that kind of guidance with our own knowing, I feel like that's really powerful. So absolutely. And the more that you work on all this stuff, the more you'll see your own body signals, you know, and you'll, you'll kind of, I mean, I can sometimes know like, oh, I can tell I'm a little low on magnesium just how my body, you know, responds. So that's what you start to do over time is really make those connections. And then things, you know, then you can kind of take care of most stuff on your own, which is a great place to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I so appreciate everything you shared and everything that you're doing. If, If someone wants to learn more about your work, work with you, listen to podcasts, wherever they go. Yeah. So go to my website, christinegarvin.com. That's probably the easiest place to find all the information. I would love for you to listen to my podcast, Hormonally Speaking. I have lots of great guests on there, including Jenny. It's going to be on here soon. So um, yeah, that's the best place. And then you can always shoot me an email if you have any questions. Perfect. And for everyone listening, watching, all the links that Christine mentioned and her website will be in the show notes linked here. So Thank you again for being here and thank you for those of you watching. And as I always say, until we chat again, go live your one wild life.